All right, we're here with Equal Time Soccer. I'm Matt Pervratsky here with Senior Associate Athletic Director Tom McGinnis. Tom, first first and foremost, I've seen you around Elizabeth Lowrabi Stadium and around the facility, so we're at least familiar with each other. But for those for those who haven't, you know, don't follow the athletic department's uh, staff chart in great detail, um, tell us a little bit about sort of your specific role in the department and your responsibilities, sort of in general, but also in terms of the Gopher Soccer head coaching search. Yeah, certainly, Matt. Well, first of all, thanks for your time today. And again, thank you for your continued investment in, in Gopher Women's Soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, we really appreciate the time and effort you put into covering our program and working with our coaches, student athletes. Um, it, it's really impressive and greatly appreciated. But um, so my role, again, I serve as one of the senior associate athletic directors. I kind of have two different sets of roles. One, uh, I serve as the administrator for some of our internal uh, operations units. So uh, facilities, event management, IT and equipment. Uh, and then I get the opportunity to be the sport administrator for uh, four programs, women's soccer, certainly uh, wrestling and the two hockey programs. And as a sport administrator, you know, we are there to support that program. Um, you know, I say I can be involved in just about any aspect of a program that happens outside the white lines of play. There's absolutely nothing that I'm going to contribute about how to do penalty kicks better or or corner kicks or set plays or any of that. That's outside my wheelhouse. I defer to coaches who plays when, all that type of stuff. Uh, there's nothing that I ever have to do with that. Um, but anything outside the white lines, I'm there to be support and a champion for them. Um, and certainly depending on the coaching staff and depending on the program, there may be areas that I may be more invested in one particular program versus another. Uh, again, it's it's I work very closely with those coaches to determine how I can be an asset to them. Uh, you know, Mark Coyle has signed a sport administrator to all every one of our sports from football to soccer to hockey to golf. Um, and he relies on us to be kind of the day-to-day um, liaison for him to each of those sports uh, as he's trying to manage, you know, all of our sports all at the same time. Um, so it's a very exciting process. And as we get into this head coach searching process, you know, he basically, you know, I am a partner with him. Uh, I am chairing the search committee. Um, he has basically asked us, and, and certainly he's extremely engaged in the process, but asked us to kind of facilitate the process here at the University of Minnesota Um developing a search committee, going out and identifying candidates, uh, speaking with people who uh, reach out and express interest in the position, uh, and then facilitating the selection process. So up until this point, it's been it's been a lot of recruiting uh, candidates and having great conversations with people who are very excited about this opportunity with Go For Women's Soccer. Um, and now we're going to start uh, transitioning into more of the selection process. So, uh, you know, interviewing candidates and, and kind of moving forward. And then once the selection process is done, then I'm basically charged with onboarding the new head coach uh, and bringing her in uh, to the department and and getting her engaged in all the different aspects with a very short runway to August 2nd when our team reports for the fall. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the funny thing about having the fall season delayed till spring is that the off season is shorter than ever, which for, for me and for fans is sort of like an exciting thing. It also makes, even when I talk to other coaches about sort of this, this process and they mention, you know, the crazy thing is usually sort of, head coaching carousel happens after the fall season. And then this is normally when assistant coaching carousel happens when coaches are rehiring their staff. So it's funny that both are happening at once. As you said, we're sort of going into fall. And I think, you know, one interesting thing there just on our program, you know, remember this is about the time that Mickey uh, decided to leave the program as well. So we were actually interviewing Steph and, uh, during about the same time of the year back in 2012. So the irony is we, we seem to always be hiring soccer coaches <laughs> in the summer as we lead into you know, the fall season. So it's Yeah. Just- 
And it, it has been funny too to see my my sort of Facebook memories come up and it's like, oh, Becky got hired, Molly got hired, Maya got hired. So it is sort of like this is a, a hiring season, like you said. And I think, you know, for for a lot of our even just like taking a step back of of this search, for a lot of our readers and go for soccer fans in general, folks that I was talking to, I think they, you know, this came as a bit of surprise to them only because Steph was, you know, a, a well-liked coach. She was established, you know, a consistent winner other than, you know, the the insane uh, season that was 2019, you know, had really sort of been a consistent winner. But in your world with so many sports that you sort of interact with and the athletic departments interact with, you know, having a search going on in and of itself is probably a little bit more routine in the sense that, you know, with a few dozen sports or a couple dozen sports, you're sort of always having someone on a turnover just for any number of reasons. And so, you know, you, you kind of hinted at a bit of this, but what are some of those sort of procedural and planning steps that go into launching a search like this? And especially, you know, trying to do it quickly while also executing, you know, the search in a way that gets you the right candidate. Yep. Well, and you're right, Matt, you know, this is good. This is going to be the third head coach we've hired in the last six months. Um, you know, our women's golf coach, uh, we hired back in, I think January is when she was officially hired. Uh, and then certainly men's basketball had their search process this spring. So, um, you know, I think the most important part as we engage in this process is communication. Um, there are so many people that are invested into our soccer program that we want to make sure we're being as transparent as we can be during a search process. First and foremost, our team. Uh, obviously, uh, the coaching staff is a very important part of their experience uh, as a student athlete here. So, you know, Mark and I met with uh, our team very shortly after or actually just short before the announcement was made at Missouri that Steph was going to be going there um, just to assure them that we were starting a process. Uh, Mark always you I've heard him use this speech before with other student athletes. It's going to seem like it's taking forever. Uh, right. We will move as quickly as we can, but it is going to seem like it takes forever. Right. Um, and then we've been kind of, um, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to speak with a few of them, uh, certainly that day of and day after, just to kind of get some initial feedback from them. And then we've been kind of been sharing updates with the team. Um, but then you start talking about your recruits. Uh, you want, you know, we had a whole, we have a group of, you know, incoming freshmen that are going to start summer school this week um, that, you know, haven't even gotten to campus yet. And they're going to be dealing with this transition. So uh, certainly within our apartment, our alums, um, supporters of our program, communication is really important. Uh, again, it's it's a fine line for what you can share and what you can't, but we try and do a very good job of, of sharing what we can. Uh, and then there's university processes. You know, we need to post the job. Um, you know, people who want to be uh, considered for this opportunity have to apply within the institution process. Right. So again, developing that search committee that's got representatives from, uh, you know, we've got a faculty member on there, one of our faculty athletic reps, some other key staff members within the department. Um, who are involved in the soccer program at different levels um, and then kind of going down that path. And again, then it starts, you know, your, st your phone starts ringing. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, people are reaching out to you saying, you know, I know this person's interested or people reaching out on, on their uh, behalf of themselves. Uh, and then we went through the process of reaching out to some very well-established head coaches uh, within women's soccer, within our kind of, I say, our geographic region of the country and ask them, who are the good candidates out there? Who should we be reaching out to to talk about this opportunity? Mm -hmm. um, because this is much of a recruitment process. We just don't sit back and wait to see who applies. And certainly we've had some great people and great coaches reach out to us, but it's mm -hmm. our duty and responsibility to make sure we're reaching out to figure out who are those candidates out there um, that can really continue the success we've had in women's soccer and leading our program as we move forward. 
Right. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned it was, it's really interesting. You mentioned alumni reaching up to you and all that. I've heard, you know, I've been uh, this is one of the sort of the most wide open situations that's happened in my era of co covering the team. You know, I had coach search is a big deal. And so I've been talking to as many folks as I can. And a ton of folks have been telling me who they're lobbying for. And they're like, you know, we're reaching out to the department, people from my class and other classes. We really want, you know, this person or this person. Um, and so for you, uh, is this, you know, has there been, has that been a higher volume for this position versus others? I know you oversee the hockey team. So in Minnesota, there's no shortage of passion for those programs either, but what's the volume been like in terms of that? Now that you mentioned sort of having those alumni sort of chirping in your ear. It's been great. I mean, you know, when we did the men's hockey search, obviously there was a lot of interest in that a couple of years ago as well. I mean, Don had been the coach for 19 years. So, I mean, it, we hadn't had a transition in quite a long time. And you know what, there are a lot of people that are very passionate about our soccer program. And right. those are the ones you're great to hear from, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's an email from someone who, you know, you kind of recognize the name, but you may not know them directly. Yeah. Uh, we received a lot of those. Certainly it was, it was fantastic to hear from students, some of the student athletes who I worked with during my time working with the soccer program over the last couple of years that were uh, comfortable reaching out um, right. and having a conversation and, and to your point, expressing their thoughts on uh, who would be a great candidate. And sure. uh, it was, it's really great to hear that. And, uh, again, that I think is a testament to how much people love this program. Uh, people who have been part of it over the years are invested in it and want to see it be successful. Uh, mm -hmm. They've enjoyed the success we've experienced over the last few years, and they want to make sure that continues. So, um, uh, you know, I would say certainly in those first, I, I kept making a joke for someone, you know, I'm not a guy that uses his phone a whole lot. But, you know, I think that Friday after the announcement, actually I had to recharge my phone at lunch and I had never had to do that before. So uh, just a, a testament to me, I'm like, man, I'm burning through this thing today. But again, it's been great. Again, it's coaches, it's head coaches reaching out on behalf of other candidates. It's alumni. It's, it, the support's been great and the people who want to make sure we're successful moving forward. Right. Yeah. You're the center of the universe right now, Tom. You are you are the guy right now. But, and I think um, in general, you know, when I've when I've chatted with different sources, different folks, you know, I think at one point I was hearing, well, you know, mid-June is sort of a sweet spot of trying to get someone in just for the sake of recruiting opens back up and all these different all these different schedule pieces that sort of make that a decent point to aim for. I think obviously now, um, as you said, you know, sometimes it feels like it's going so slow. It seems like that timeline is probably a little faster than what you're working with just based on what you're saying already. But, you know, what is it in terms of like, what pace do you try and aim for in order to get someone in quick enough to really, you know, meet all the women on the team and then continue that recruiting? And as you said, you know, you have recruits literally coming in this summer who will sort of they'll have this really funny gray area of like, I guess, you know, I'm talking to Beck, I'm talking to Maya, I'm talking to SJ, but there's still a little uncertainty, but how do you, you know, how do you sort of set that pace? And is there anything about this particular search versus others that maybe we've seen go quicker that sort of makes it slower? You know, like, you know, Ben Johnson gets announced really quickly. He obviously has familiarity with the program, but is there anything about the pace for this search that makes it sort of different than others? You know, I would say, you know, the pace for this is probably more common for our head coaches searches. You know, there, the reality of our world is there's a couple positions that um, because of the uh, maybe a, a different level of media scrutiny, there's an invested interest in getting it done quickly. Sure. Um, um, so, you know, yeah, you probably saw the Ben Johnson search move a little bit quicker. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, 
I think Bob Mosco got hired in six days. I mean, it just, it's, it's some of them, you just, there's some other factors that cause you to need to move a little bit quicker. Sure. You know, it was funny as I started talking to candidates uh, right after um, Steph's announcement, it was, you know, the other big factor is, you know, all of a sudden, you know, as of June 1st, we can recruit for the first time in like 15 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, I heard one, talk to one coach, well, you're probably not gonna have this done before June 1st. I'm like, well, no, it's, it's May 29th. We're not going to have it done by June 1st, but right. you know, maybe there's a chance we'll get it done by the 15th when everyone can start contacting the 23s. But, um, you know, I think, I think as much as we want to move quickly, because again, we know the season's right around the corner, as much as recruiting is important. Um, and that's a lifeblood of our lifeblood of our programs. We know all of a sudden all the events have started up again. So coaches around the road, you know, coaches from all over the country in North Carolina this weekend at a big event. Um, and again, they'll have a chance to start in 10 days, start talking to the, uh, the rising juniors in high school. So um, mm-hmm. it's important for us to do that from a recruiting perspective, but we also know that again, August 2nd, our team reports and, you know, we have to take get a new head coach, uh, get them moved here, acquainted, um, get, you know, make sure we got everything set from a staffing perspective um, and make, you know, six weeks or a month will go by very quickly um, right. as we get ready for August. So, and, you know, the way our soccer program works, you know, you start practicing and a week later you're playing. I think right. uh, you know, we're going to move very quickly and have an exhibition game like the weekend. So yeah. um, there's not a lot of time. So the, we're trying to move as efficiently as we can to make sure we're one doing it well, making sure that we're taking the time to speak to the right people to make sure we have the right candidate pool put together, uh, making sure we meet all the obligations of our university policies and procedures, um, but trying to do it as expeditiously as possible. So we can know that the soccer season is right around the corner. Right. And you, and you spoke a bit to this before too, but the, you know, I've, I've talked to a number of sort of current and former players, and obviously they have um, both opinions about what a good coach would be for this program, but also experience with some of the candidates who are applying. You know, we, we've reported that, you know, Becky Maines is pursuing the position. Crystal Seidel is pursuing the position. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty that I'm not even like thinking of, you know, Aaron Chastain has Minnesota roots. So I just sort of assume she's roughly in the pool, all that kind of stuff. Um, but you, you know, how do you utilize that player input? And you spoke a little bit to it, but how do you utilize that in an impactful way sort of against other sources? Because I think what you spoke to is, you know, you have to talk to other coaches, talk to other athletic staff, you know, all those things. But um, some of these players who sort of have lived and breathed um, what it's like to play under these these coaches, how do you take that into account? And I guess also, is there, you know, what's the official involvement in the Aside from just what information you take in, what involvement do they have in these in the search sort of officially? Is it sort of like a only meet with a finalist once there's one candidate kind of thing because you don't want to create a weird tension or you know how do you how do you play that? Yep, you know I, I again I mentioned you know that that first day after um, uh, we ha- knew we were going to be beginning the search, I reached out and I told them on Mark and I met with them. You know I'd love to be able to say I could talk to all twenty some of you. I just that probably the time isn't there. Um, we certainly provided, you know, our, our contact information. So any of them that wanted to reach out were welcome to, and some did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I tried to pick a, a mix of, of, of women on the team from different classes. Uh, so it wasn't just talking to all seniors or all freshmen and right. tried to reach out to them and just ask them the question, you know, what is it, what is it you think we should be looking for? What are the characteristics mm-hmm. of a person coming in that will be important for you? Um, as you continue your career as part of our program. So, um, you know, I certainly I took notes as I was having those conversations. And then that's really the first job of a search committee is as we look at, you know, from I looked at that group. And again, it was trying to be a group that was collected from had different perspectives in our program. 
we had that, that was our first conversation. What is it that we're looking for? So as we start looking at applicants and resumes and, and whatever from various candidates, um, what do we think is a group uh, is important? And certainly I shared the feedback from the women on our team as part of that as well. Um, so as we started sorting through candidates, we can say, well, you know, obviously this is important to us. This is important to us that maybe this isn't as much, you know, certainly, you know, the values of the individual, uh, they have to be student athlete centric. Um, they have to understand and appreciate the, the role of academics uh, in our in our program. Obviously, we've had tremendous success academically. Um, and then they have to they have to want to win. I mean, we we're, we want we have a team that you know just a couple of years ago we you know right. won a couple of Big Ten championships. And right. um, you know I've made this statement to a number of folks. You know, a lot of time you go through these coaching changes, and it's because things aren't going well, um, and you're in a, a quote unquote rebuild. Right. And you know that's not where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Steph uh, did great for us for nine years, and we're very appreciative of all that she did for our soccer program. Um, mm -hmm. She's found a great spot for her and her family moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, we're not we're not rebuilding. You know, again, we were winning Big Ten championships just a couple of years ago. Obviously, nineteen was was not the results we were looking for. I think we rebounded or moving back in the right direction after a very weird year this year. I mean, think about how long it was from you know our last game in nineteen till whatever that was in February when we played again in the lovely rec dome. So I mean, it was such a unique. But I think the women performed very well this year, and they're excited. I mean, they're excited for what's next. Um, there was that first, you know, kind of shell shocking and now yeah. they're excited. And, um, and that's what I've told these coaching candidates. I said, you know, we're not coming in and telling you, you have three or four years to rebuild. Um, right. you're coming in, we've got a very, very group, a great group of women who are mm -hmm. talented. We've got a great group of freshmen coming in next week. Um, we're excited and, and, and I think there's a great opportunity here to continue to build on success we've had over the past few years. Yeah, I think it's, uh. It's yeah, it's really interesting to um, think about, as you mentioned, I wrote that in my first reaction piece too. the idea of, you know, when a coach gets fired and they leave, it's usually because of big challenges. And this is not that it's it's someone leaving for an opportunity they thought might fit better. But also I the number one question I've been getting from folks is sort of like, you know, why would she leave? Isn't that a similar job? Why would you leave? And I, I try to remind people too. I think part of it is just, you know, a change of a change of pace and a change of scenery can be good for both parties. I think the um it's really funny talking to alums once they're once they're off the team and they talk about like, oh, Steph was so hard on me about this. And someone else will be like, she wasn't hard on me about that at all. Because every coach has the ebbs and flows of who needs to be coached this way, who needs to be coached that way. And so I think probably some of that excitement that might be burbling up are from some of these players where maybe maybe Steph like really push them and maybe instead they want to be cheered on or vice versa whatever it is because anyone who's been around a team environment knows that there's just there's the ebbs and flows of like which players tend to get attention this way and attention that way so I've said the same thing I actually think it's kind of exciting because I think what we don't know is what a new coach will in, unlock on some of these lesser known players and it's sort of this and the same with Steph. I mean, Steph's going to go to Mizzou and she's going to get stuff out of existing players there that they didn't give before because it's a change, you know. And so I think that's really exciting. I think um, on the on the coaching side, I mean, obviously, there's been some attention paid both in the U and at the Big Ten and really nationally. But, you know, in women's sports in particular, there's you know, there's a lot of gaps between, you know, actually getting to a representative sample of having coaches of color, having, having, I mean, and in, and in women's sports, to be honest, 
uh, we aren't even anywhere near gender parity, let alone gender and racial parity of sort of how are we actually having our staff be representative of our student body, of the community they're in, all those things. And, you know, Steph and the U rightfully got a lot of credit for being an all an all women staff. And I I was like, I trumpet that so unbelievably loudly all the time. There are so many women's soccer teams that have all male staffs. I mean, like it's frankly, I think those institutions, I will say it and you don't have to, those institutions should be ashamed. I mean, like, I think that's an embarrassment to have. And believe it or not, there's still many in the Big Ten and many in, at other levels of soccer. Um, so I, I think the U has done a pretty good job, especially on the gender parity side, but obviously... Um, and even, and frankly, two women of color on the staff too. And so like, I think the U has been in women's soccer, you know, at least above board compared to the low standard, the rest of athletics was set. But um, for you, you know, how do you make sure you balance the needs of sort of department goals to improve that representation? And is part of that then sort of changing the way you recruit candidates and changing the way sort of you're pursuing um, and posting and who you're asking advice from and all those things. Talk about sort of how that feeds into it because you've been in this for a little while and obviously those those pressures have only increased, I think, rightfully. But then how do you adapt to that and try and make it a reality for a really big department? Yep. Well, you know, Matt, you're exactly right. And, and whether it's a coaching position or a, any position in our department, um, it's extremely important for us to make sure we are working to um, have the most diverse staff in so many different aspects. I mean, there's so many different ways that we um, look at different people and the diversity of our department only makes us better. Mm -hmm. uh, so the more we can do and strive to enhance that diversity um, only helps us and allows us to be better. Um, so as we look at, you know, you know, in my earlier in my career, you know, people felt that, you know, you achieve diversity just by simply posting a job and certain, putting it on certain websites and then you run your due diligence. And uh, I've, I've never really subscribed to that philosophy. I believe it's as much you have to recruit individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we're not having specific conversations about whether they're male or female candidates or what their ethnicity is or what any of those types of things. But um, we are being strategic and making sure we're trying to go out and identify uh, and develop diverse pools of candidates. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, in some jobs and positions in our department, um, that's, uh, there's greater opportunities to accomplish that. Some, it's a little bit more challenging just based right. on the pool of people you're, you're working with, you know, mm -hmm. you know, men's hockey. I mean, it's, it's difficult to right. find diverse candidates in, in certain sports, um, other sports we've got had greater success with it. So, mm -hmm. um, but regardless, uh, it's our responsibility each time to work very hard to develop a pool that provides us a diverse set of candidates and then allows us to go out and select the best person to be, uh, our head coach in this situation or in any of those, any of our positions across the department. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, uh, I think it goes without saying I've made my perspective on like whether the head coach should be a woman or not abundantly clear. I think, I don't even think there's any wiggle room for discussion, frankly, obviously you could not say stuff like that. You know, there, there, it's much harder for you to say stuff like that on the record as an, as an HR procedure. But I think, um, you know, I've definitely seen, uh, I mean, just the candidates that you and I could name right now that are already sort of have association with the program. There's so many strong women candidates. And so I think um, that's an exciting thing, especially for this search in particular. I, I personally think there's strong candidates probably at every level, 
that folks just are not pursuing. But I think in particular, this program has a lot of opportunity that way. And if anything, that's a that's a credit to the track record that Steph had in developing assistance. And, you know, the current women on the staff are just outstanding. So it's sort of a, um, I think that's an exciting thing. And I know, uh, I know players, you know, have plenty of male coaches they've played for, they love and all of those things. But I also think as sort of the premier, the iconic like women's soccer program in the state, it really has meant a lot to have women at, at, in the leadership role there with Mickey before, who was obviously a legendary coach, Steph, who's just like an absolutely outstanding coach. So I think that's exciting. And it's, and it's, again, it's a credit to the history of those women who have led the program for sure. Um, and to the, to that sort of the different experiences of those candidates, I think when it comes down to it and you have to sort of weigh head coaching experience, when you're looking at candidates and you have to weigh head coaching experience versus assistant coaching experience, you know, power five versus mid-major D1 versus D2 and D3, you know, Minnesota connections versus no Minnesota connections at all. You know, what are some of those key characteristics that the, the department doesn't bend on? And then how do you sort of rank the other, the, you know, what are the must-haves? And then how do you rank the nice-to-haves? Because I think I would personally find it really entertaining if a coach came in for, and had no idea about Minnesota and I could interact with her and it would be almost comical. But obviously we have, you know, we have women who have grown up here, coached here, coached with the program, all those things. But how do you sort of weigh those different factors? And is it um, sort of, and then, I'll, yeah, I'll save the second half of this for the follow-up because I've already been babbling. So how do you, how do you sort of weigh those things? You know, uh, I think there's, I mean, to your point, Matt, there are so many different criteria that you can look at. And I don't, I can't say we created like, here's the perfect scenario, this perfect person, and this is what they look like, or this is their experience. And we got to go out and find that person. We understand that we're going to have such a mix of experiences of, of, you know, again, to your point, people who have been associated with our program, people that have been had head coach experience, those that have been really successful assistant coaches at programs that have been very successful. Um, you know, I, I think we go back to a couple of things that I mentioned earlier, first and foremost, how do their values align with the University of Minnesota? We do think that's paramount um, to make sure that they're going to be an integrated part of our department, that they want to be an integrated part of our department, not just soccer on an island. And this is one of the things Steph was really good at is engagement with other coaches in our department, um, everyone trying to help each other be successful. Um, again, student athlete centric, they have to realize that, yes, they're here to earn a degree. They are here to be competitive and win uh, on the field and to compete for championships. But most importantly, we're here to develop these women to be prepared for the next phase of their life. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we our vision is champions for life, and we want them to be champions when they're here in every aspect of their experience. And we want to prepare them to be champions in whatever they choose to do after they leave the University of Minnesota. Right. So people that have shown the ability to do that in the past at whatever level they've been at, um, I think is important and, and some of the things that we're looking for from candidates. Uh, and then also someone who wants to be here and be part of Minnesota athletics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's very important to us and certainly um, another aspect of what we've tried to gauge from candidates is, you know, there's, there's lots of jobs out there. Uh, people always have opportunities to move into different positions, but right. why do you want to be at the university of Minnesota? We feel we're very unique. We feel we provide um, great resources to our programs to be able to be successful, uh, and in all the different aspects that are important to us of the student athlete experience. So, you know, what's your mix and how you've done that, where you've been in the past, and then how are you going to take that and, and really want to be a part of Minnesota Gopher Athletics? 
Yeah, it's, it's, it, you you mentioned this actually came into my mind earlier, but I then I lost it. But it, you, it reminded me of it again, where I there was a woman who had coached both at the college and the pro level, and she was on a podcast with, you know, Equalizer, Jen Cooper, or one of those folks. And she said, uh, when someone asked her why she transitioned back to the program after coaching in college, she said, she said, you know, coaching college soccer is a lot less soccer than you'd think. Like there's your, your time, like the, as your pie is divided up, you're coaching soccer, actually a pretty damn small chunk of that pie. Like you, you are helping them develop as women. You are helping them succeed academically. You are, you know, meeting them and mentoring them during one of the most critical points of development where they'll become, you know, the woman they're going to be for the rest of their life, all those things. And so the funny thing was, I always think about that now where, uh, you know, I think I, ever since I heard that coach say that, and I forget who it was, all I ever think about with the Gophers coaching staff is like, how are you dealing with the BS that happens with teenagers? How are you dealing with the BS that happens in the locker room with any aged person, you know, or any group, not even within athletics? So I've always found that super interesting. And I think in particular, you know, someone's ability to deal with those relational elements, it's so relationship based. Um, and tactics matter too, and training and all those things. But, um, you know, it's so relationship based. What are some of the things that you sort of can get from, you know, research and things on paper and their statistics, you know, their record in the past? What are the things you can get sort of through your research? And what are some of the things that you just have to sort of see in the room, sort of, I, I know it when I see it type things? Um, and is that harder in maybe maybe you're still doing some video interviews. I don't know how you're dealing with the, you know, we're vaccination rates are getting up, but I don't know if they're up enough where you're doing like all in-person stuff. So what are some of those things you have to sort of see in the room for yourself, especially since you've done a number of searches? Um, and then what are some of the things you can glean just from sort of the, the hard research beforehand? Yeah. Well, you know, I, as much as we want to be critical of zoom and all this video stuff that we've uh, adapted to over the last year, it's a whole lot more fun to do a Zoom interview than it is a phone interview. Oh, so, I, mean, I, I have done I've done a phone interview before and just absolutely bombed. And it's been and I'm like, there's nothing to read. I have nothing to. And at least on Zoom, I can see your face. I can see right. you and I are looking at each other. So, yeah, that's true. Give, give video calls their credit. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine what the last year would have been like if we tried to do this on conference calls for the last year, everything that we've done. So uh, thank goodness for whoever came up with this technology somewhat smarter than me. Um, but, you know, obviously you can go and look at stats online and you can see who has been successful competitively, right? You've been part of a program and, and what have they done? Have they, where have they finished within their conference? Have they advanced in the NCAA tournament? Have they advanced, where have they gotten in the NCAA tournament? Right. Um, then you look at people like, okay, well, you know, what conference are they in and, and how real, you know, if you're coming from certain conferences, it's realistic that you can get multiple teams in the NCAA tournament. And there's other conferences that, you know, you got one shot. You got to win that tournament at the end of the year. Um, so you can kind of see those numbers about where they've been successful um, on the field. I think that's what you can kind of glean from, you know, online research. But then, I, and again, I, I do believe it's based on conversations. Uh, one, we've had a lot of conversations with people about people who, in candidates who are interested, you know, there were some that reached out to us and said, Hey, I'm interested and this is why. Um, and then we're able to have a short conversation as, as they're considering um, applying for the job. Um, there are people who were calling on their behalf, you know, certainly they're, they're happy to share, you know, people who just randomly 
somehow got my phone number, but you know, and, and I hear from them, which is great. Uh, and they're telling me about why they think they're ready to be a head coach at the University of Minnesota, uh, based on whether they've worked with them somewhere or they're a current coach within, you know, they coach against them uh, and wherever they happen to be competing. So uh, I think that's very valuable because again, I'll, I'll pose some questions to them as well. And like, okay, this is, this is what I'm gleaning on this candidate. Help me understand this part of that. Um, and then by, 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 absolute all accounts, the time we get to spend with the candidates is, is the most telling. And uh, you try and come up with um, questions and opportunities to engage with them where you're going to draw out of them what's important. Um, you know, I, I was speaking with one member of our candidates who's, or one of our search committee members who's been on a couple of these and says, you know, we never really talk about the sport. Um, I said, well, <laughs> I said, we're, I said, well, first of all, what are you going to ask them? <laughs> uh, I mean, a lot of times they'll they'll offer that, but if we're we're interviewing them, we already know they know how to coach the game of soccer. There right. are countless number of people that can coach and teach the tactical and technical part of the game of soccer. Mm-hmm. We are looking for a leader for our program. And to your point, what you said earlier about how so, how so much of it, how much you're actually really coaching soccer versus all the thing, which is a lot at the pro level, but at the collegiate level. Right. And I've, as I've worked with assistant coaches in our department who, who have aspired to be head coaches, I said, if you get to the point where you're interviewing, I said, they know you know the game. And quite frankly, they may not know your game that well, unless it just happens to be an administrator who played it. I said, yeah, what right. you convince them is, how are you going to be a leader? How are you going to build and, and sustain a positive culture? Um, how are you going to build relationships with the women on your team? How are it because to your point, everything is relational. How are you going to have relationships with donors and alumni and uh, engage fans and want them to have to come out to ELR and, and cheer on your team? So, um, you know, our, we're really trying to negate how are you going to be a leader um, and how, how are you going to take the leadership experience you've had in the past and apply that here at Minnesota? Um, we know all of our candidates can coach the game of soccer. Um right and can be successful in that and will make the women on our team better soccer players. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to figure out how they're going to lead our program, um, which I think is the distinction of being a head coach at the collegiate level from my perspective. Right. Although now, now I find myself really wanting you to at least ask sort of one uh, like pass fail type question where you just say, like, how would you run the team? Just because now I find myself really desperately wanting to hear every coach like pitch, who they would play where just based on the tape they've seen and all those things. It's like, would you move Elena Dressley to center back or would you keep her at left back where I could just dive all the way in. So Tom, if you need me to hop in and just ask that question, I'll sign NDA. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll go. I just want to hear like 10 different pitches for what the Gopher soccer team lines up for next fall. Yeah. yeah, It it would be interesting. That's for sure. And then, you know, again, it's kind of one of those. Okay. So, I mean, there's no wrong answer to the question, right? right, so, right, right. I mean, every, every coach has a different philosophy. They're different, how, what form they're going to play on the field, how they handle set plays, yeah. um, what kind of pace they want to play at. Uh, you know, a lot of times coaches will find, weave that into one of their answers um, because they want to make sure that they're portraying that. Right. Um, and, you know, again, we know that there'll be successful coaches from a game of soccer perspective. We're trying to evaluate all those other aspects of what's important for us in a leader. Right. And and Steph is way too busy to be watching this right now. But if she were watching, she'd be laughing her ass off because anytime I would ask her, I'm like, hey, why don't you leave Meg at the six and like push Katie up? She's like, listen, I, th- I yeah, I know. But we just had she there's nothing she loved more than me trying to ask her a tactical question. She she would be like, yeah, I yeah, I thought of it. Of course, I thought of it. I've been a head coach for, you know, 20 years. Um, 
Well, Tom, this this has been really great. I appreciate all the time you spent. And I guess lastly, I would just ask, you know, what are you willing to share about, um, you know, when will sort of some of these key phases be kicking off and sort of do you have an aim for, you know, when you have someone, you know, at least when you have the offer out and when you want someone to be coming in? Yeah, I would say, you know, we're hoping to have this completed here in the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I like, I know there's that June 15th date out there. You know, I, I may be able to hit it. I may not, you know, again, you kind of get into hurdles once you start getting into that hiring process about, mm -hmm. um, again, some of those university procedures that can sometimes be really quick and sometimes can take a little bit longer. So um, right. I certainly wouldn't want to promise a, a date out there because I may miss it. Um, sure. But I would certainly, we recognize the importance of trying to do this as quickly as possible. So certainly in the next couple of weeks here, uh, mm -hmm. We want to be in a position where we've identified our next leader of our women's soccer program uh, and start positioning them to be successful as they move in and on board and get ready for the fall season. Well, Tom, that's that's fantastic. I know that that's music to our our followers' ears. It's certainly music to my ears. Um, just excite, honestly, just the anticipation of being able to you know start this new era and immediately get excited. And uh, whether it's someone that fans are already familiar with or someone brand new, I think it's going to be an exciting season. As you said, they had a nice bounce back this very bizarre spring season. They had a nice bounce back. There's so many players I'm looking to see. Um, you know, with another season under their belt, that's going to be great. And yes. um, so Tom again, a senior associate athletic director for the Gophers athletic department. Uh, we appreciate your time, Tom, and uh, have a good rest of your very warm day. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. Have a good one.